Escape Pod 325 December 29, 2011 Bad Dogs by James Patrick Kelly Hello and welcome to Escape Pod, your weekly science fiction podcast. I'm Norm Sherman. Special treat for you folks this week, Escape Pod's first full cast audio drama, something for y'all to bring in the new year with. We bring you Bad Dogs by James Patrick Kelly. Mr. Kelly has an eclectic writing career, including novels, short stories, essays, reviews, poetry, plays, and planetarium shows. In 2007, he won the Nebula Award for his novel Burn, and the World Science Fiction Society's Hugo Award twice, in 1996 for his novelette Think Like a Dinosaur, and in 2000 for his novelette 10 to the 16th to 1. He writes a column on the internet for Asimov Science Fiction Magazine, and has two podcasts, Free Reads and James Patrick Kelly's Story Pod. So grab a Twinkie and get ready for the long haul, because it's story time. Like. 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 Lick. <laughs> like. Oh, ow, ow, ow. They're busy today. Man's best friend. <laughs> help! Uh-oh. Company. Open up. Help! For God's sake, let me in! Already with God. Leave him. No, let's take a look. I could use a laugh. Good enough to eat? You're bad. I can see you in there. Hurry, please! Where's the controller? You're not letting him in. This'll be fun. Is the taser charged? Let's see. Yep. I bet nine minutes. Not fair. You can see him. Nine is my bet. You want? Way too quick. Ten minutes. No, eleven. Done. It's an overhead door. You have to crawl. What? It's coming fast. Crawl under. Shut it. Shut it now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You saved my life. Mm. Well, but who are you? Me, Becca. She, Sam. You? Mel Gibson, maybe. <laughs> Our road warrior. <laughs> no, my name is Fish. Robert Fish. You can call me Bob. Or I can call you Mel Gibson. I beg your pardon, but that's not my name. My name is Bob. Mel. Gibson. <laughs> You're bad, Sam. So, Mel, you must be from the vault. The vault? The big underground storage thingy? The fat cats snoozing away? You mean the cultural preservation facility? That was top secret back when... But I suppose you must know all about it by now. Not all. Something about your old government. You people wasted everything, and then millions died. Billions. We tried. We tried very hard. It wasn't as if we couldn't see what was coming. The droughts, tornadoes, the economy going south. But it didn't all happen at once. Then the raccoon flu. The antibiotics were useless. The wheat crop failed two years in a row. Then came riots, cities on fire, madness. 
When we lost control, we gathered the best scientists, economists, engineers, architects into the CPF. CPF? The Cultural Preservation Facility. The Vault. The Congressional Committee selected a hundred volunteers to enter suspended animation pods to sleep through all the disasters. Wait, how long has it been? Since when? I mean, what year is this? Pick one. <laughs> They're all available. Hmm. My mom never kept a calendar. Did yours, Sam? You met my mom. Mm, right. So, anyway, Mel, you decided to snooze while the world went to the dogs. Everything was flying apart. We tried to save what we could. But something went wrong. You think? No, I mean the CPF. The main power was raided for 50 years. Then if nobody woke us up, the backup was supposed to kick in. But for some reason, it's only running at half power. Whole sections are shutting down. I was lucky. I just barely escaped being deactivated with my pod. That was, what, a couple of days ago? I've been wandering around until I got here. But what is this place? Some kind of fallout shelter? Mm, shelter? Sure. And you're the fallout. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you want me to leave? Not yet. There's still time. See my wristwatches? Um, yes. I couldn't help but notice all the watches you girls are wearing. How many is that? I have twelve. She has more. Eighteen. Nine on each arm. Do you like? We're collectors. Um, lovely. I'm sorry, but like I said, I've been hiding from the dogs now for a couple of days, and I'm starving. Have you got anything to eat? Sure. Twinkies? A snack classic. Golden sponge cake and creamy filling. You're saying you live on Twinkies? Why not? Enriched with vitamins? Never go bad? The secret ingredient? Polysorbate 60! Partially hydrogenated cottonseed oil, sweet dairy whey, soy protein isolate. The perfect food. So, you know about the CPF. Uh, does that mean you've seen any of the others? Some. Not many. Is there anyone else? Other survivors like you? Nope. Not like us. You can't be serious. Where is everyone? Dogs. Bad dogs. What are you saying? That they're all dead? Maybe. Sure. Dog food. That's terrible. I can't believe how quickly it all went away. Everything out there is in ruins. Mother nature. <laughs> kind of a bitch. You pissed her off. And it's just you two here. Just me and Becca. No men. Ha! Five minutes. Wait, what? Why did you just say that? No reason. We like to keep track of time. So little of it these days. Excuse me for saying this, but you're a little bit odd, aren't you? I mean, the way you talk, all the watches, the Twinkies. This is going to take some getting used to. Wait, are you lesbians? She is. I'm just lonely. So, Mel, what were you? Beg pardon? If the vault was full of the best, what were you best at? I was the congressman from the 2nd District in New Hampshire. So you selected you? No, no, I wasn't on the CPF committee. They picked me because... I don't know why they picked me. I served on judiciary, but I was starting my third term. Maybe it was because I was single and healthy and young. 
I was first elected when I was 26. I was the only politician chosen. An overachiever. Get it done. Take charge. I guess you could say that. Then we are saved. Mel Gibson to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you wouldn't call me that. I see you have a computer. Does it work? It's Windows Vista, but yeah. No internet. But loads of CDs and DVDs. Encyclopedias. Audiobooks. Movies. <gasps> Lots of porn. Watch some? No, thanks. Maybe later. And you've got electricity, obviously. Five generators. Gasoline-powered. Ten kilowatts each. Bunches of gas stations nearby. Water? Well. Food? Yummy snacks. We can certainly do better than that. Can we, Mel? Really? Look, Becca. Sam. I'm Sam. She's Becca. Sam! Right. Sorry. I don't know why you've decided not to like me, but I can't let that matter. For the time being, we have to assume that we're the last people on Earth. Sure. That means we're going to have to get along. Get along? Make a new start. What kind of start? Well, I'm thinking... Think out loud. No, it's too much too soon. No, it isn't. Time is short. Well, it's just that you're women and I'm a man and maybe someday, someday... We might... we might... Might. You know, try to make babies. Yes! Ten minutes, twenty-six seconds. Damn! What? Wait, what did I say? Becca, what's going on here? Nothing. Forget it. <laughs> Just why would we be making these babies? Like I said, we're going to have to start over. Are you suggesting we repopulate the Earth? With children? <laughs> it would have to be lots and lots of children. Go forth and multiply. One times two equals fun for Mel Gibson. <laughs> That's kind of crude, don't you think? <laughs> so, we start over. Why? I would say it's our duty. To mankind, I mean. Ah, uh, mankind. You weren't very nice people, from what we read. Lots of greed. Killing. And you left us this. It wasn't our fault. No. So you're bowing to the biological imperative? That's not what I said. Reproduction and survival. Territorialism. Competition. Now wait a minute. We can do better. We'll have to do better. The problem with Adam and Eve, Mel? Bob, please. The gene pool here is kind of shallow. I know, I know. Genetic diversity? Not so much. Inbreeding is nasty. Just because they did it in the Bible doesn't mean it works. This is real life. Yes, of course. But what's the alternative? Just giving up? I can't accept that. That's what we were afraid of. <sighs> Do him, Sam. Wait, what's that? It's a taser, Mel. Don't worry, it won't hurt. Much. No! Get away from me! Now! Don't! Got the chloroform? Here! 
10 minutes 26. He just would not get to the point. You almost had him. <laughs> almost. But you won. Here's your Twinkie. <laughs> but you were right. That was totally fun. <laughs> <laughs> You're bad. <laughs> so, hang him in the freezer with the others? Already? Let's play with him some more. <laughs> You're kidding. You're not kidding. He's kind of cute. We could tie him up. And then what? He's young. And a man. Couldn't we train him? Becca, these people ruined the world. They're criminals. I know, I know. But it's too crowded in the freezer. Dog food. <sighs> sure. Here, Buster. Lassie. Lunchtime, bullet. Toto. Petey. Help us do our duty to mankind. <laughs> You're bad. We're bad. <laughs> that was fun. Sharpen those guillotines, folks. Follow through with those New Year's revolutions this year. Let's hit some episode feedback with assistant editor Bill Peters. Take it away, Bill. Hello, faithful listeners. I'm here this week with the feedback for episode 318. Driving X by Gwendolyn Clare and read by Mer Lafferty. This one was about a world where men are dying off and as such are being kept enslaved in fertility centers while women roam a semi-post-apocalyptic landscape in the U.S. Southwest. A lot of the discussion on this story veered off into the mechanics of the genetic disorder, which made it so that affected women would only give birth to girls who would then only give birth to girls. SF Fangirl said, I enjoyed this story but found the ending unsatisfying. I can't figure out what happened in the story that made Carmela decide to stick with the boy instead of abandoning him like she did her sister in home. It seems like a very random choice on her part. It almost might have been more interesting if she had decided to illegally get pregnant by him, because then I at least would have understood her motivation a bit more. Although, she did seem somewhat ambivalent about having her own children. I enjoyed the world building and would have loved to have read more about the situation when it was first occurring and the men were being put into captivity. To me, that might have been a more interesting story than what we got. Unblinking complained that the story didn't have much of an ending and said, I'm getting sick of stories that jump forward and backward in time like this one did. It's done way too often already as far as I'm concerned. I rarely find it as compelling as a chronological story, because in the past sections there's usually very little tension. We already know where we end up, so all that's left to do is the info dumping in those past sections for the most part. It works even worse in audio because it's often unclear where the section breaks are, leaving me confused at regular intervals when characters I thought were dead suddenly reappear, and then settings change with no real explanation. And that's it for this week. Tune in next week for the feedback for episode 320, Thanksgiving Day. Thanks, Bill. All right, folks, that's our show. 
Remember, Escape Pod's a production of Escape Artists Incorporated and is produced with the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License, which means don't change or sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. Our music is used with the permission of Daikaiju. Check them out at daikaiju.org. And our closing quotation this week comes from G.K. Chesterton, who said, If we could destroy custom at a blow and see the stars as a child sees them, we should need no other apocalypse. Apocalypse.